0: I'm Dan from and welcome to Axios Recap presented by General Motors. Today's Wednesday, April 28th, U.S. consumer confidence is up, Bitcoin is down, and we're focused on President Biden's big pitch to Congress. Joe Biden tonight will address a joint session of Congress during which he'll try to sell his third one trillion dollar plus spending plan since taking office just three months ago. The first plan was COVID relief, which passed with only Democratic support in the Senate. The second one was what Biden calls the American Jobs Act, which is that massive physical infrastructure spend and corporate tax hike plan that has not yet become law. And now tonight, the third one called the American Families Act. It features around one point eight trillion dollars in new spending on social services like education and childcare to be paid for via tax increases on those making $400,000 or more per year. Included there would be a near doubling of the capital gains tax rate on those making at least $1 million. Not included, at least so far, are Biden campaign pledges about reviving the estate tax, otherwise known as the death tax, and expanding Medicare eligibility. Now, Biden tonight will be speaking to a much smaller in-person crowd than usual because of COVID restrictions. But his task is very very big. Republicans are mostly lined up in opposition. Uh, some progressives don't think Biden's going far enough. And the Senate's most pivotal vote, Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia, has expressed serious reservations about the size, the size of both the tax increases and of the spending. So today we want to learn more about what the president will propose, why he'll propose it and how he plans to get it passed with Heather Boucher, a member of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Heather Boucher, a member of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. Heather, what President Biden is going to lay out tonight is huge and sprawling. So if somebody doesn't tune in and they want a couple sentence summary of what he's going to say, what is that summary?
1: Well, what the president's going to talk about tonight is called the American Families Plan, and it's the counterpart to the American Jobs Plan that he talked about over a month ago. And what it does is it ensures the economic security of American families and does that by making sure that people have what they need to succeed in the economy. So invest in making sure that all children have access to universal pre-K, making sure that we make community college affordable, making sure that we are putting in place the infrastructure around care that families need for childcare and paid family leave, and um, a whole host of other things. But that really gets it at some of the basics. I will add that it includes a tax plan to make sure that we are rewarding work and not wealth. So that's also a companion to the tax plan that he launched as a part of the American Jobs Package. How
0: important in his messaging is going to be this idea that by raising taxes on the wealthy and and on corporations as part of the, the jobs plan, that that would offset, basically be pay for, for the increased spending?
1: So the president has been very clear that this is an important moment for the economy and for our nation, that there are these incredibly important investments that we need to make. He has also made clear that he wants to raise taxes and focus on people making more than $400,000 a year. He is committed to not raising taxes on folks making below that. And there is a lot of economic room to raise taxes at the top in ways that are sensible and smart and good for the economy so that we can cover the costs of these plans.
0: Does the White House view these as true offsets? In other words, you guys have done the math and, and you have your percentages. But if, for example, there are negotiations and the tax rate for high earners goes down by a point or two or for corporations, does that also correspond to a decrease in the spending?
1: The president has been clear to not tie any particular tax to any particular program. It is the case that the investments that we need to make are economically important. And it is also the case that there is a host of things that we can do on the tax side that'll be good for the economy, that'll make sure that our tax system is rewarding fairness. And it's trying to make sure that we are focusing on what is best for the economy.
0: Heather, where do you fall on kind of the spectrum, I guess? You know, you hear some people say, wow, this is an enormous amount that the White House wants to spend. And then you hear some other people more on the left saying, should spend more and don't even necessarily worry about the tax piece, at least not as pay force.
1: I think that the most important thing is that we make these investments that are going to drive uh, the kinds of innovation and investment across our economy and infrastructure, that we make sure that we support families that are trying to get to work. You know, we learned over the course of the last year that so many families are struggling with so many parts of the economy. We saw these fragilities across our society. These are the investments we need to make to get our economy back on track. It is also the case that recent tax reforms have introduced distortions. It's really not a great thing if the tax system is encouraging firms to ship their profits overseas. And it's certainly not a good thing that we aren't investing enough in the IRS to enforce the laws on the books. So there's some really sensible ways that we can think about increasing taxes and spending.
0: Part of what's being laid out tonight, as you said, is our increased tax rates uh, on the wealthy, including uh, an increase to the long-term capital gains rate. Under the way the White House is thinking about this, would these be tax increases that would go into effect in 2022 or would these be retroactive?
1: The way that the White House is thinking about it is that they will go into effect um, as Congress makes, you know, pulls together the plans and get them passed and get them to the president's desk.
0: But the White House has an opinion on this. If, if, If the Congress says, you know what, Joe, your plan, what day do you want it to start? What's the answer?
1: The, the way that we have put together the tax plan is that it will be put into place once Congress, you know, gets, you know, takes action and pulls together the package and gets it passed and gets it to the president's desk. So really the action here at this point, the president will lay out this vision, this agenda, including the changes to the tax code, making sure that the IRS has the resources they need to enforce the laws on the books and changes to tax rates at the very top of the income distribution. Those will go into effect. As the laws are passed. So
0: it is possible that somebody who's, say, making uh, over $400,000 today would pay a lower tax rate on the paycheck they get today than the one they get, say, in five months from now, but still in 2021.
1: If Congress were to act that quickly.
0: One thing that got left out, or it doesn't seem to be part of this, is an estate tax. Why was that left out?
1: Well, there's a whole host of different tax um, tax raisers that we could include in a package. And the president wanted to focus on the right basket of things that he thought would be most important for this particular economic moment. And that includes making sure that we're enforcing the laws on the books, making sure that we are increasing that top tax rate um, for those at the very, very top of the income distribution, and really importantly, ending the capital income tax breaks for those at the very, very top. So combined, That's a significant package of revenue raisers, and we're leaving other things for other days. Heather,
0: Axios reported last night that some Republican senators have been meeting in person with White House staff about these plans. Is there anything from those conversations that has informed what we're going to hear tonight from the president?
1: So the president has been very clear that he is very eager to talk with um, anybody who wants to talk with him about the American Jobs Plan and now the American Families Plan and has been involved in conversations with those across the aisle and across the country.
0: Is any of that reflected in what we're going to hear tonight?
1: So tonight he's going to be talking about the American Families Plan and his vision for the economy for the American people. I can't speak to uh, every word in the speech and and to what extent that might be informed by his most recent conversations.
0: We kind of already know what a lot of the partisan fault lines are in response to the American Families Act and the American Jobs Act and, and even within the Democratic Party. What is the president's messaging strategy to folks who have heard the plan and they've heard the argument, this is an investment in our future, et cetera, but aren't yet sold.
1: We have known for a long time that the components of this plan have been very popular with the American people. These are things that people have been talking about doing for a long time. Making these kinds of investment in affordable education, in childcare, in paid leave, in infrastructure, um, and of course dealing with the challenges of climate change. These are things that you see people saying, "Hey, we we as a country need to make these investments." I think you know now as we're looking at the whole plan together. The question is, so far, polls are showing that people are approving of this across the aisle, that they're saying, hey, these are actually investments that we need in our communities. So you're seeing that the jobs plan was not only um, supported by the majority of Americans, but also supported by the majority of Republicans. So I think that gets to this political strategy question which is if people out there across these United States know that we need to make these kinds of investments in their communities and they want a tax system that rewards work and not wealth, then I remain hopeful that Congress can come together and find a way to get this package passed.
0: If push comes to shove, does the White House think it can pass this without any Republican support? In other words, can this can both of these packages get done via reconciliation?
1: There certainly are a lot of pieces of the packages that can be done without reconciliation, but you know the president has been very clear that his hope is to work this through regular order, but he is working hard to bring folks along. And again, these are investments that the American people need and want in their communities. This is about the basic living standards of people all across these United States and making it possible for people to succeed in the economy.
0: After President Biden finishes speaking, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina will give the Republican response. Often, presidents prebut the rebuttal because uh, they have a sense of what's coming. What do you expect to be coming from Tim Scott in response tonight?
1: Well, what I hope Tim Scott talks about is how important investments in infrastructure, in care, in the kinds of things that we're talking about, how important they are to his constituents and to his community, what his vision is and the Republicans to help bring this across the finish line.
0: You talked earlier about timing. What is the White House's timeline on this? And is it set on introducing the jobs plan first and then the families plan second? Or could they just become part of one giant package?
1: Well, now that it's being sent over to Congress, many of the pieces in both of these plans are parts of legislation that members have been introducing, things that have been debated on Capitol Hill. So figuring out that right strategy is certainly a question to be done in concert with the Hill. The president has made very clear that this is his number one priority. He is trying to not just build back, but to build back better, and that these two packages are the culmination of what he was talking about from the campaign through to now. So he has made clear this is his priority, Um and in his conversations with folks on the Hill, Speaker Pelosi has said that they are hoping to get the infrastructure, the physical infrastructure pieces done by Memorial Day, handing that over to the Senate. I think there is hope that we will see quick progress on these, and that is certainly the president's goal and intention.
0: Is it the White House's belief you have to get this done in 2021 because once the calendar flips, everyone turns to midterms and it's hard to get anything large done?
1: I think that it is this White House belief that um, it is important for the economy and the American people that we make these long-needed investments. And so, yes, we do need to get this done as soon as possible. Heather Boucher,
0: thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the Supreme Court, Which we'll hear a case that one attorney nicknamed mean girls meet the First Amendment. So here are the basics. A 14-year-old cheerleader at a Pennsylvania high school didn't make the varsity squad and also missed out on a desired softball team spot. So she took a photo of herself and a friend flipping the bird and posted it to Snapchat with the caption, and sorry for the profanity here, but fuck school, fuck softball, fuck cheer, fuck everything. Now, another student at the school took a screenshot and showed it to her mom, who happened to be one of the cheerleading coaches, and the 14-year-old got a one-year suspension from the junior varsity cheer squad. The issue at play here is student expression and how it extends to the internet age. Her parents sued and won in a federal appeals court, largely because her Snapchat post was made off-campus. But the school argues that even an off-campus message can disrupt schoolwork and discipline given that everyone brings those messages to campus via their mobile phones. The bottom line, student expression and its limits in 2021 are on the docket. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Naomi Shaven, Sabina Singani, and Alex Sugiara. Please, if you have not already followed us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or any other podcast platform, please do so. Have a great National Superhero Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.